When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All your hair's a half a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome to the Wolf and Owl inside a place at 7 in the morning Ramesh and Tom could only record this at this time so we're fucked We have a one hour window for this whole week yeah, to we record do. this thing We do I mean uh, it's the easiest podcast in the world to do yeah. And yet we managed to make it feel like the most onerous thing ever. It's, it's genuinely like, yeah. And also, I'm I'm not on holiday because I'm out here filming, but I have time. It's just my time fluctuates. It's like, you know, like a special superhero type thing where they've got to get the right amount of spider venom and the right amount of adrenaline, and then they ping. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. What, what do you mean? What do you mean spider venom? That, you know, when Spider-Man got bitten by the spider, he got the spider venom. Yeah. In, and that's what made him Spider-Man. Oh, I see. Okay, you do know a bit. All right. I thought, yeah. you, I thought you thought he had to reload with Spider Venom or something every time. There's oh, actually, that would, have been, that would have been a better film. Like, if, what, he, if he had to get he had to top up, well, he does have to top up his web shooters, doesn't he? Yeah, but like, if he had to sort of like break into like a sort of like spider enclosure at like Chessington Zoo to get some like a tarantula to bite him. And if yeah, that'd be a cool. That'd be a cool thing to keep coming back to in the film. He has to do the same thing every now and again, like. Oh, oh yeah, it's time for him to go back to Chessington. Okay, I wonder how this is going to pan out. Oh, he's done it pretty easily because Chessington security isn't up to the... I will say this with um, superheroes. I'd like to see more of their chilled lives. Would you? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. I'd like to... If, I, if, if Marvel came to me now and were like, we want, you to make a, we want you to make a Marvel film, I'd say, right, here's what I think. is I'd probably make it more of a rom-com, like more, sort of, more of a chilled sort of like vibe. Like maybe like Silver Lining Playbook, but also with some action now and again. Yeah. It's been it's been one of the greatest cinematic phenomena of the last fifteen years. It'd be great to see that one film take it down. <laughs> Mate, I just think you need to see more of like Clark Kent like sort of brushing his teeth and sort of chilling a bit, like going and getting a hot dog and then sort of waiting in a queue for a hot dog. Like, if that was me, I'd be like, fucking he's Superman, he's queuing for a hot dog. What is he doing? Yeah, and then and then he, I, I think it's a great idea. So you don't show any of the action. So, like, Clark Kent's walking around with Lois Lane, and then he says, I hear something. And then she goes, okay, you better go. And then he flies off, and then you stay with Lois Lane, just waiting. Or, yeah, and then you cut back to him coming back with some pizzas and her saying, yeah. what was it? And him being like, oh, yeah. was nothing. It was just some school kids just playing a prank. Yeah. By the way, yeah. these, are, these are straight from Napoli. So I popped over there. <laughs> that would be sorry. sick, wouldn't it? Like being able to do that. Yeah. Where, where would you? Where do you think you'd most regularly go if you're a superhero? Just getting takeaway. Oh, for takeaway. 
I mean, you've you've called the big one. I don't know. You'd have to go to. You'd have to sort of like fly over and get sort of like a proper good sort of like. Like a Thai meal, that'd be pretty amazing to go to Thailand and to get a like full fucking banquet. But then also, because I don't think nothing else would make Superman more lame than seeing flying through the air with a couple of brown bags full of takeaway, like a delivery bag. That would almost like I know. And then he lands and he's got some like Thai green sauce down the front of his ass. (laughs) (laughs) And Lois is like, "Were you eating it on the way? Where have all the prawn crackers gone? Oh, I ate them." Every time he turns up to fight, why does your why does your suit stink of fucking? <laughs> Have you been eating barges? <laughs> what is going on? Your cape absolutely reeks. I had to use it to wipe my mouth because I've got a bit of grease on the. You know the uh, the samosas they just sort of drip down your chin a bit. So I just yeah, yeah, it's quite hard to eat and fly at the same time. Yeah, and if you've ever watched me fly, but I, I used to have both arms out. And now I sort of have one, and I'll be eating like a chicken, like some KFC or some... I mean, I'll probably go to New York and get some fried chicken and shit. It's sounding more and more like your kind of Superman. Um, I do think, yeah, New York's got to be up there, isn't it, in terms of places you go and get some scrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll probably go to Vegas like for a few hours, drop a couple of quid, Yeah, fly back. Um, How do you think this is going to go today? We're both sort of half asleep, aren't we? 7 a.m. start. I mean, to be fair, this is this is pretty much my usual start of the day. Not doing a podcast, but waking up with this sort of topic. I, I to be fair, know. Grace, Grace yeah. has started sleeping until about eight o'clock. But I'm the only. I wake up. My body clock is now used to her waking up at sort of six, six thirty. Yeah. And Catherine will usually. So I usually do the early sort of bit where I'll, you know, or we or she'll come in bed with the, the three of us. We'll just have like a little play in bed. But like now the two of them still sleep to about eight, mm. and I, I I'm not making a podcast or fucking cleaning up around the house yeah making a podcast i don't think is something you can list alongside sort of a list of jobs you know we 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 literally just click record and say whatever pops into our head mate um i I, uh i've got to apologize to lisa the swan she came up to me the other day and she said mango oh because lovely i suggested that she wasn't listening to the podcast anymore and she is so sorry about that I uh, apologise. Wow. Uh, I actually yeah. always knew that Sweet Lisa would, would be listening. Well, you didn't say that last week when I... Yeah, no, because I, but I knew in my heart that Sweet Lisa was still listening. I could feel it sometimes. Uh, how have the last few days been for you? Very chilled, man. Very chilled. A uh, little bit of filming. Um, I will say, I don't know if I've talked about this over here. Have I talked about the German, my Germans and... Yeah, you had an argument with a... Well, actually, actually, I'm glad you bring this up because there's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. When you first told the about the argument at the omelette station... Yeah. And then we started... I wanted to question you about that and then we moved on to it, as is the one, the way with our lovely meandering little yeah. podcast. We, we wandered off and never came back to it. But um, do you remember that the German guy asked for an omelette? Yeah. And then he just took the omelette and you said... What did you say exactly? I said, no, that you don't say thank you. You don't say please and thank you. Well, when you first told the story, you said, he took the omelette, and then I went, you don't say please and thank you where you're from. And I thought that oh, was yeah. a pretty... That, I, thought that was, that's pretty I, I didn't say where you're from, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing about... Do, it, do, like, you, do you think that's a pretty strong move? It is a bit... Look, I, I will say this. So I've been living... We're, we're, not, we're in a villa now. This is pretty bad for my uh, relations. What, what, was that but, always going to happen? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we just wanted to mix up while we're here. But um, look, I've always 
The Bavarians, I've always had a lot of time for them. I've been to Germany a number of times, always got on with them. Thought actually when they held a World Cup, one of the best World Cups I've ever been to. But when you're here, I've got to say, man, sometimes they are so the, the, their their level of I don't know whether it's just they they just don't think being polite is important or saying hello or thank you or if you hold a lift for someone or help someone with a suitcase. They just don't they have no thank yous or pleases. They're Who's, very, very cold. When you say when you say they, who are you talking about? Germans. Right, okay, okay. Just to I'm, I'm not saying it in some sort of like like going back to oh, yeah, the Germans. Yeah. No, I, 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 I like I genuinely like I, I, I've like really, I've I've overly tried to be nice to them. Mm. Like, how many? How many? Not, how many Germans have you come across? Do you think? I'd say in my hotel, which is which was yeah, I'd say five to six hundred people in the hotel. I'd say at least seventy five percent of them were German. So a lot of German people. 75% of the people staying in your hotel are yeah. German? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've not met a single polite one, is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. There's, there's been the odd one or two who I've gone there. Right. But but I'd say out of that 75, I'd say 7% of them have been polite and decent. If your only interaction with German culture and German people had been your stay at the, whatever the hotel is, don't name it, uh, would you say that you'd come away from that feeling slightly anti-German? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And then, oh and my like, god! Even oh my either. god! I was giving you a way out there, but you, you absolutely no, no, fucking... no. <laughs> no, I like look. And also, let me just say, I've sat with Swedish people, I've sat with like people from all around the world. Name a country. Yeah. I've sat. Yeah, in listen, I've, I've heard, I've heard this. I've heard this this preamble yeah. from every racist I've ever met. Go on. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. Like, it's all, I don't know whether it's. Do you know what the other thing it might be? Might not even be Germans. It might be German golfers. Okay. Because that's the oh, other thing that I'll say is golfers, and I love playing golf, you know that. There's a vibe with golfers when you're staying at a golf resort, a golf like a hotel, that socially then they're, they're not the most they like the, the the sociality of golf. Yeah. But they don't actually like, you know, they sort of like they can be quite rude. I don't know if it's German. Maybe I'm going in on Germans, it could be unfair, maybe. Well you definitely I, I would say there's no shadow of a doubt that you're going in on Germans. My question would be I don't may I say Matthias, who's in the show, who's one of my favourite people in the world, is German. Right. Yeah. And have you have you have you spoken to him about this? Yeah, yeah, I mentioned it to him. But what did I he said, say? Like, I said he came then, he was like I said to him, like I had like dinner with him here after we played golf. Yeah. And so you will eat you will eat with them. Oh, mate, I, look, Rob, Rob, you know me, right? For me, if, if there's one thing, I, I've overly tried. Catherine said, why are you working so hard to make them like you? Mm. And I get nothing back. Yeah. You know what I feel like? It feels like pretty much any, any romantic relationship I have between the age of about 15 and the age of 32. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of the legwork and I'm getting nothing back. Do you think it's possible there's a, a German contingent at that hotel that are going... They're just talking about this Englishman that won't stop chatting to them, and then hopefully, if you don't say please and thank you and don't talk to him back, he might leave you alone. Do you reckon that? I have no possible? doubt that that's happening. I have no doubt that that's happening. I I showed the other one the other day because he looked a little bit lost. I showed him where the meat station was, and he didn't even say there's thank a you. Meat, there's a meat station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> but he was. I said, "You're right, mate," and he went, "Yes, I'm fine." And I was like, "Oh, what a rude bar! What a rude bastard!" <laughs> no, he said it like that. Yes, I'm fine. And he just yeah, but he's German. That. He's German. <laughs> How else do you it. want him to say it? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, but he's speaking in his second language, bro. And also, right. you don't know. You don't know what the. This is why I'm interested into what you said to Matthias, because like, 
it's possible that, you know, in some cultures, please and thank you might not be, I'm not saying, listen, I'm speaking from a position of complete ignorance. All I'm saying is language has different kind of tropes and different kind of ways, you know, in, in you know British... You know what, maybe like, it is. I think actually you would get on very well with the Germans. Because you think I'm a rude prick. Is that what you're no, saying? No, no, I just think that they don't, small talk isn't their thing. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Small talk you, isn't their thing. I think just you functional, actually... Functional conversation. Yeah, I like the idea of that. Yeah, I think it's like, if they seem like they're very, like, look, I'm, I'm always happy just to walk over and go, I don't know, have you seen the eclairs today? And then just have a chat about the desserts, right? Whereas you'll walk over and go, oh, bloody hell, I can't believe the quantum physics of a, like, ice cube or whatever. And then they'll all sit and chat about it, right? <laughs> why have you pulled that out your up? Why? You've gone from me not liking small talk to me being some sort of fucking lab coat nerd. Why? <laughs> Just say this is all that you like chat, or, or like you walk over and just go, um, I can't believe that CDs are made from plastic, right? <laughs> that's all, Tom. But that's Tom, Tom, that's also small talk. You're, 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 you're going, you don't like small talk, and then you're doing impressions of me where I do a different type of small talk. <laughs> what? Well, <laughs> so you go over and you say something cool, like, oh, what's the deal with your Claire's? And I'll come over and start talking about CDs. <laughs> well, <laughs> what I'm saying is, right, that you get, I think you get, if you were here, I think you'd be the king of the Germans. Um, listen, I, have I, you I, ever, you've hung out with Germans before? Yeah, I have, yeah. I, 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 went, on an ex I went on a trip to Hungary as a student and I met up with some Germans and I like them, got on with them. Um, here's my question. Yeah. Okay, so look, again, we're in a situation now where we're presenting you and framing you as a very nice guy and me as a horrible prick, right? But there have oh, been no, times. No. no, but there have been times when I, okay, I'll give you an example. I find social situations, I wouldn't say I'm antisocial. I wouldn't say that. Oh, I, you're, you're, you're brilliantly social. No, you're no, brilliant. but, but I'll give you an example. I, once at the Edinburgh Festival, yeah. right? was, I think I might have told this story before, I was walking out of the festival and I saw, I won't name the people, a group of comedians I knew quite well, right? I, w I wouldn't say they're mates, but I knew them well enough to have a chat with them and if you bumped into them, you'd stop and have a talk and blah, blah, blah. And I was so, I don't even know if anxious is the word, I, I so didn't want to engage in that conversation or have a chat or stop and talk, that I went the other way. And, and, and I'm talking about a group of people that I actually like, right? And I don't know whether that's... Is that a problem? I don't know, man. It's just sometimes... Is like, it a professional chat to other comedians? I can't think of anything worse than after time. No, I know, but, <laughs> but I've just been like... And that's no bearing on them. It's usually my shows yeah. are absolute fucking shit and tanking. And the last thing I wanted to do is talk to someone who's really, really successful. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but what I would say is... Sometimes when I'm in a situation where, like, because like, you're you're very good at, at chatting, at small talk or whatever. Sometimes, if I, particularly when you get recognised, I get slightly nervous about I'm not going to be able to bring this. Like, like I, I can't. I, I'm not good at it. Do you know what I mean? And like, um, I told you about. Did I tell you about when I was I was getting a I think I was getting a birthday card or something for Lisa or some sort of anniversary card or something. I was in a shop and this woman came in and she said, do you, my husband and kid are out there. We can't bring him into the shop. Do you mind coming out and having a photo? So I went out to have a photo with them. 
And I had a short, like, minute interaction with them. And during that interaction, she went, oh, you're not as chatty and as funny as you are on TV, are you? And I went, oh, oh, sorry. Well, I'm just sort of, I, I didn't know what to do. I, di I didn't know what, I didn't even have anything to respond to in that moment. Do you know what I mean? I just went, yeah, but oh, that's sorry. not on you, man. Look, let me I say as went, well, bro, like, yeah. like, just to, to, like, to say, like, I think with you, right, this is the difference between me and you. In, in, like, in our personalities, I think that, I would be like a hotel swimming pool. Great to get in, lots of people having fun, but there's no real depth to what I'm doing. It's like 120 metres at best. Well, you're right? doing yourself a disservice, sir. But then yeah, with you, I think you're more like, you know, the, like a proper sort of Olympic swimming pool. Not a lot of people are getting in you all the time, but when they do, they realise there's depth and it's a beautiful place to be and they're actually not, doing themselves. Well, not, I, a lot of, I, not, not a lot of people are getting it. Let me tell you something. <laughs> It's, uh, we need to put fucking Christmas lights and free drinks around this pool, mate. Absolutely <laughs> nobody's... I, I, I don't know anyone who's spent time... Like, I think whenever you... I've, ever, I've been with you a lot when you've seen other people, like we've met people, and you always give people the time of day. And I think that, you know, look, I, I, I like to chat to people, I love people, but sometimes that's a curse. Like with Catherine, it drives, it drives very, Catherine mad. Yeah, you're very approachable. Like you're, you're constantly, you work almost everybody you come across. And I don't mean that in a cynical way. I mean, like when I'm out with you, just the level of chat is, un, is unreal. I've, always, I've, 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 I, I've never, ever, ever spent time with somebody like that. It's, it's like, but I've it's, been a, like that it's all great. My life. I've always been like that. Yeah. I've been like that when, I just thought that's, like, I, but it drives Catherine mad. Yeah. Like genuinely, like, at the, like with the hotel, She's like, why are you so bothered about German, these Germans who and you'll never see again? Why are you being so racist about these Germans? <laughs> no, but why are you so xenophobic? I can't understand why they don't want to chat and why they don't want to have a laugh. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But you're, you've got to remember you're sort of of a different breed, aren't you? You're, you're, yeah. you're, a, you're, a, you're a southerner who's got sort of a northerner's way about him, I think. No, that's probably one of the nicest things that's ever been said about me. Mm, well, there you I'll go. Tell you, I'll tell you. I, I do, I do love, I do, I do. Listen, while we're generalising about a group of people, I fucking love Northerners, man. Oh, I mean, man. you know, let <laughs> me just tell you, if I'm anywhere in life, I hear a Northern accent. Oh my! I'm buying a pint and walking over. Yeah, well, I wouldn't absolutely wouldn't do that. But what I would say is, you always, I don't know, I just love them. I love the crowds. I love like you know the audiences. I love chatting to them after the show. I'm sure there are pricks, you know, is there, there are, but like, they're just, I love, I love Northerners. I'm a huge fan. We went to watch a USA, uh, England game in a real, um, like proper old school Grand Canarian bar. Yeah. What a classic, by the way. Uh, oh yeah. An awful game. A terrible yeah. game. But it's very much like the game we went to in the Euros. So I'm not getting yeah. too dismayed. It's very much like mm -hmm. the... Uh, but um, we took Grace. It was our first experience of going to... And um, there was a bunch of boys from Barnsley. It was quite quite a laugh. But um, it, it, it was amazing watching her just clapping and just sort of getting into the singing and stuff. She really enjoyed it. Oh, really? Because at the uh, first... We left at halftime. I mean, not the footballist, Steph. Yeah. She, the she, first, first football game I watched with Theo, he was a little baby. And I shouted so loudly when England scored, he just started crying. I, I, felt, I, I started, to, started to get nervous that I'd given him a traumatic early experience. He was never going to be able to watch football again. Lucky enough for us, it felt a little bit like um, the England team knew Grace were watching and didn't want anyone to get too excited. So really to let's not for gas. Yeah, let's not have any jeopardy here. Um, uh, let's not have what, any do you, what would you make of the World Cup? Are you enjoying it? 
I haven't, uh, well, I, I was at a gig last night with Matt Ford and he was appalled about what I said about the World Cup to be honest with you. But I know, listen, I, I don't want to get into all of my issues with it being in Qatar or whatever because everybody's talked about this. Yeah. My, my, another issue that turns out for me is it, it being in the winter, in the middle yeah, of the season. I can't, I can't, yeah. I just can't get ex as excited about it. And, and you know, like the, the proof of the pudding is in the eating, isn't it? And so like, I'm just not as buzzing to watch the games or, whatever, or I'm just not making it an appointment to view in the same way as I would if it was in the summer. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, a, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I watched a Spain, I was at a gig last night and in between me going on and off, I watched um, Spain, Germany. And, um, and it was like, listen, obviously I love football, uh, but I'm just not as hyped for it as I normally am, man, to be honest with you. I don't Sorry. know what it is. Really, yeah. Uh, like, to be fair, like, I went to watch, uh, I saw the Spain game at 7 0 and sat and watched it in a bar, which was quite nice. But yeah, I, I don't think I've ever cared less about a World Cup. No. Maybe like, if England start doing really well, then it would change. But at the moment, I, even, I don't know. I just, yeah, it doesn't feel, you know, it did, I don't know for what reason. Yeah, obviously, like yourself, there's a lot of stuff I don't agree with. The Qatar, the whole Qatar thing, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't, it, I think it sh it's actually showed the worst side of football. I right. agree. And, I agree. And, and, not, and, not, and FIFA's FIFA's response to it and the way they've been handling it has been absolutely rank. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I know this is not what the podcast is about, but like, it's just a fucking joke, man. It's it's well, just it's, a fucking joke. It's only and also I mean that I, you know, I don't, I don't want to name names and stuff, but even looking at people I respect within the game taking photos of stadiums or videos of stadiums going, look, wow, what a spectacle this place is in the, you know, when it's in the sort of dark and all the lights are on. And they, they know what's happened. They know the sort of, the, the stats of how many, you know, I don't want to get too into this because it's like you said, it's not what we're into, but I just find it disgusting. I just think, surely, like, you know that, you know, or, or are you just being paid just to basically be out there to say, like, yeah, and I'm not talking about pundits, by the way, because pundits are there to do a job, and I think that's a different thing completely. Yeah. Um, and I've got friends who are pundits out there, and, and that, that's a, about the football. I'm talking about people who are talking about things off off the field and about trying to sort of make out that, and talk about things, you know, oh, yeah, it's great over here, actually, if you're over here and stuff like that. And I, I just find that sort of... Yeah, I find it quite hard to look at. I, I just, yeah. I, 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 well, I, think I mean, look, look, the, tr the, tr the truth of it is it's there now and it's happened. What is amazing is that it got there in the first... Well, I mean, what's amazing is it got there in the first place, but what then what is then consequently amazing is that nothing happened to change it. But then, look, people talk about the, uh, the fact that Qatar, it's illegal to be homosexual in Qatar. I looked it up. The list of countries that it's illegal to be homosexual in, it's like insane, oh, really? man. How yeah, right. I mean, really? look it up. Loads, loads, like, and right. like loads, and countries that people haven't mentioned in this kind of, you know, it's we're talking like. Listen, I, I, I think it's Qatar is whatever it is, and we've all got our issues with the World Cup being there, and it's, you know, there, there's there's an argument that if I was a gay person, and I was seeing how much my so-called heterosexual allies were putting that to one side to embrace this tournament it'd be you'd be disappointed the same way that if the if the world cup was being held in an openly racist country yeah. how would you know if, well, if asian been, if, it was russia yeah. it was the last one so yeah that, i mean that's true but like so, you, you so. sort of go how do i feel about that do you know what i mean I, I can understand why as a gay person it must be pretty upsetting do you know what i mean and 
Yeah, but but then I looked it up, and I mean, look, I'll look it up for you now. It's it's like a long list of countries, man, uh, where it's legal to be homosexual. I was surprised. Uh, okay, countries where it's illegal to be gay. You ready? Yeah. Afghanistan, Algeria, Antigua and Barbuda, Bangladesh, Barbados, Bhutan, Brunei, Burundi, Cameroon, Chad, Comoros, Cook Islands, Dominica, Egypt, Eritrea, Eswatini, Ethiopia, Gambia, Ghana, Grenada, Guinea, Guyana, Iran, Jamaica, Kenya, Kiribati, Kuwait, Lebanon, Liberia, Libya, Malawi, Malaysia, Maldives, Mauritania, Mauritius, Morocco, Myanmar, Namibia, Nigeria, Oman, Pakistan, Occupied Palestinian Territory, Gaza Strip, Papua New Guinea, Qatar, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Samoa, Saudi Arabia, Senegal, Sierra Leone, Singapore, Solomon Islands, Somalia, South Sudan, Sri Lanka, Sudan, Syria, Tanzania, Togo, Tonga, Tunisia, Turkmenistan, Tuvalu, Uganda, Uzbekistan, Yemen, Zambia and Zimbabwe. It's, you know, it makes you feel so sad though, doesn't it? Like I know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you know what I what that article that list doesn't tell you is how strictly that's enforced. I mean, it's yeah. Do you know what I mean? But but anyway, I was surprised. I was the surprised. other thing that hit you, the thing for me is that you know, like I think for most of my for the, the still the bulk of my adult life, I was like a labourer on building sites. Yeah. So thinking of like and a lot of those things, how I got treated, like you know, when you think. That that I'd have you'd have had to if you were living there, you, I'd have, that's what I'd have gone to do. And you think like when you read about the conditions people were working in to go and earn a pound note and stuff that they I read an article the other day and it was actually so honestly it's just heartbreaking and it just think people just went to try and earn a living and what they had to put up with and and the conditions they were forced to work and first forced to live in. Oh, oh, that's awful! It's so awful. And I think like after reading something like that, I find every time I sit and watch some millionaires kick around the football, I find it quite hard to then yeah. not think about that. I'm very nervous, Tom. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you this now. I'm very nervous because we were just talking about this before we started recording. But as of yesterday, my Netflix special will be out. Mm. And... I've realised, as excited as I am for that special to come out, and as long as I've been waiting for it to come out... I find things coming out just so terrible. I just find it so cripplingly terrifying, man. I, I, I don't know. It's awful. It's the hardest. It's mate, mate. I, it's- I'm, I'm excited, but also, I, I think there's part of me that prefer it if this job was like you just recorded and filmed the stuff and then it just got put away somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I, like, it, I think it, the best thing would be is if you recorded it and then it went somewhere that you didn't live or reside or could, anyone could get in contact with you. Yeah, like yeah. a Hollywood Hollywood actor doing an advert for Aftershave or whatever, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which we've, we've covered on this podcast. That's great. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, you know what it is as well, is it's like, and we've talked about this before a number of times, it's the few negative comments that really, I don't think people know the impact they have. Like, I really don't. Well, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have an impact, should they, is the truth of it. I mean, if you're putting stuff out to be... Some of the responsibilities on us, I think. Yeah, of course it serious. is. Of course it is. But, but, but so, so if you put if you put if you put art out, whatever you want to call it, I don't consider what I do art. But if you put it out, you have to accept that it's gonna it's not going to be for everybody. I mean, you're not you're not trying to make stuff for everybody, are you? So if people don't like it, you have to just accept that. But because stand up is so, and also to be honest, with you scripted work because you put so much of yourself into it. 
and you work so hard on it, it does sort of, it does get to you, doesn't it? If people don't like, but if people don't like it, people don't like it. What can you do? Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just one of those yeah, things. Yeah, but, but, but this is the thing that, yeah, but I think it, you have to just take it on the chin a little bit. Yeah, you have to, but also it's, it's easier said than done to do that. It's really easy to sort of just go, like, you know, you, I see it on, on other creatives and, and people who, you know, sort of said, I you know, Someone said something horrible, and they're like, "We well, have to get a tougher skin, thicker skin to work in this business." And you're like, "Well, no, that's you know what I, I, th- I think." My thing, is, and I've said this before, is like, I think if you don't like saying, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't go really in on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's difficult when you put stuff out. As well, it's it's like I look at contempt. I look at something like you said about artists, and think I think you've got to put it out there and just go like this. You're proud of it, and no one should hopefully chink away at that pride. Your pride is for the thing that you've created is, you know, resolute. And that, that that's, you know, and it's a brilliant bit of work. I mean, like, I saw, I saw you warming up that stuff and I saw you, you know, put it together. And now I'm looking forward to sitting, you know, with the fam- our family and watching it on Netflix. I mean, well, it's going to be back yeah. in. I mean, you know, it's, it's not, it's quite sweary. So, you know, I would, I would say there's an age warning on that. But um, but thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, oh, Grace, man. Grace, man, yeah. I mean, Grace is at a time at the moment where we're just enjoying swearing while we can. Yeah. What time does it launch tomorrow? I think it's like midnight. Oof, midnight tonight. I think. Midnight last night, midnight, yeah, yeah, yeah. Midnight Monday. Yeah, midnight Monday, yeah. yeah. Oof. Um, Are you going to wait up till midnight for it to drop just to see no. that moment? Really? No. No. No, I'm not. Oof. That's a big moment, bro. No. I'm going to wake up in the morning and see all the people, see all the comments about it and just feel really depressed probably. Uh, that's my most likely outcome. People getting up and watching it, eating it with their frosties. Eating it up. Yeah, I don't know if it's breakfast viewing. Um, okay, let's do it some emails. Uh, once again, let's apologies to the Swan for um, suggesting that she didn't watch the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Uh, right, this is uh, this is an email from the Smashosaurus, who you remember contacted us, contacted us a while ago. Oh my god, I really am not awake. Uh, dear Wolf Allen Swan, you may or may not remember me from an email I sent to you. In case you forget, I am the 11 year old, now 12, kid from Australia. Boom. A few updates. I recently ran 15 kilometers under one hour. Oh my God. Wow. What? Jesus Christ. Oh, 12 miles. Are you the Flash? That's fucking insane. How do you run 15 kilometers in under an hour? I feel bad I swore that, but that is insane. That's amazing. Well, it's a bit late for that. He listens to the podcast regularly. And by the way, I noticed in my, you know, I swear so much on this. Like, can we do a clean one next week? It's too well, late. We now. can try, but yeah, we can try. Okay. Let's That's fucking try. Um, a few updates. I recently ran 15 kilometers in an hour and I've done well in some high level running competitions. I recently got a new treadmill for my birthday. Why didn't we suggest a treadmill when he asked us about this? Every day I spend about four hours on that thing, although I do go outside sometimes. I solved both my problems and made a running plan meaning I don't get injured and my parents usually know where I am, actually know where I am. Whilst writing this email, I'm currently on the treadmill. This isn't an advice question, but have you guys ever got into long distance running? Kind regards, the Smashosaurus sent from their iPad. They're on the iPad while they were running. It's quite, wow. I mean, that, that in itself is impressive. Thank you, Smashosaurus, for getting back in touch with us. Uh, Tom, long distance running. Could you answer? Smashosaurus, Smashosaurus is an question? absolute champion, isn't he? He's a legend. Mm. He genuinely is like, wow, that is insane amount of running in an hour. I know, I know. I used to love running as a younger man. I used to enjoy a little run. Um, I can't now because my knees. Do you know what I've got into at the villa I'm staying at? They've got like a peloton. I've never been on a peloton before. And yeah, how'd you find it? 
I'd like them, well, I'm addicted. Yeah. I want it four times. You know who you need in your life? Who? Cody Rigsby. Really? Cody Rigsby is... Amazing? Just so funny. He's just so funny, man. I love him. But you know what? I, I, I now look at people. We drove past the guy yesterday and he had no top on and he had an incredible body. It was a beautiful body. Um, mm. And he was running. Yeah. And I looked at him. And, I mean, I couldn't do that for a start. I couldn't run topless. But like, I did look at him thinking, man, it must be just nice just to just literally just you a pair of kicks and a pair of shorts and just getting out there on the open road and just letting it, letting it be. Mm. I, I, the long, I think running must be one of, one of the best things in the world, just getting out and doing it. Well, as you know, I was into running for a bit. Yeah. Um, and I still do it on occasion. Um, I find, I'm, I, I've got to say, Smashosaurus, I find running on a treadmill incredibly difficult uh, because like, when you're running outside, you get a change of scenery. Running on a yeah. treadmill, I, I, I can't do it unless I've downloaded something onto my phone to watch. I, I, I tell you what I've got into cardio-wise recently. It's incredibly boring. But it's that, that stair climber. Yeah, that's maybe really thing good with the, yeah. Oh, my God. But the problem is, is I can do it for eight. Well, I can do it for ages. What an insane brag. But I'm, I'm happy to do it. But I just <laughs> but get But you bored. can climb up infinite stairs. Yeah, yeah, but that's the trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that is, that, you know what that is, right? That's that's where Peloton have nailed it. Yeah. It's I think I, you're right. I, I cycled, what, 12 miles yesterday on a Peloton and loved every second of it. Hold on, hold on. What do you mean you cycled? Did you not do a class? No, 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 no. I just cycle miles. What? What do you mean? You That's just how I roll. What do you mean? And then what do you do? Do you put the scenery thing on? Yeah. Oh my god! You're like the only person in the world that I've ever fucking met that does that. Well, that, that's how I roll. I rolled through. I went through a desert landscape. It was amazing. My god. So what? You just instead of doing any of the classes, you just put it up and just ride, and then you just yeah. rode along. Yeah, it's right. How much weight? How much weight have you lost, by the way? Because you took a photo of yourself in the lift the other day, and you looked absolutely trim as fuck. Uh, I don't. I don't think I've lost necessarily a load. Of, I think I have lost. I think I've probably lost about stones, and but I think I've just got rid of my my stomach. Look, I genuinely was like, I realised quite unhealthy what I was when Grace was born. Like I was mm. so fucking like, and I, like. I, whenever we talk about our uh, body dysmorphia, we'll get people, whatever, you, but you'll get a few people saying, you know, they get offended that... Yes. You know, we're talking about ourselves in a negative way by being overweight. But like, I, could, like, I can only say how I feel. I literally felt disgusting. Like, I'd put on weight. And then even before I came out here, I then lost a bit of weight. Then I, before I came out here, I was probably... I was eating so many takeaways. And what I would joke about in here, I got to a point where I was looking in the mirror and I actually just, just hated looking at myself. I hated walking past them. I hate yeah, walking. whereas now you've moved to the thing where, what, at breakfast you, you only stop at, what, six or seven stations <laughs> and get different elements for your Yeah, but now, right? you know what, I, I will never be able to not eat, like, for the food, like, junk food or, or like, have bacon or fucking hash browns yeah, for breakfast, I'm, I'm have fried same. chicken. I love, I always, like, I can't, I can't be one of, when I talk to someone and they, they go, oh, I had a curry last night and they, they went for the healthy version, like, no, I, like, I have to have barges, I have to have samosas, I have to have the creamiest sauce that's going, right? But mm. all of this stuff is then I just look at it and go, well, and to eat these things and to have those things. I love a cold pint. I love a pint. No, but I have to do, I have to work then as hard as I can to maintain uh, a body and, uh, and maintain, like, my health. So that's why I'm like, right, well, at least for an hour or two a day, 
that has to be like time to do weights, boxing, whatever else, peloton, right? So on a peloton, go for a long walk. That that then is the healthy side of it. Yeah, that's the only way that it's going to work. Yeah, I I went to the cinema yesterday and I watched Black Panther two with the family. I, I've got to say, going to the cinema with your family is one of my favourite things. I just love it. I love well, it. Did you go but, everyone? Full, everybody, full Rangers, full oh, crew, that's amazing, full crew. That's, that makes me happy. Actually, genuinely makes me happy for thought of you all just sitting there eating popcorn and sitting. Yeah, together. well, that's the thing. That's the thing I was going to say. I ordered and finished a large, sweet and salted popcorn. Yeah. Um, do you know how many calories are in that? I looked it up afterwards. What five, seven hundred? Twelve hundred calories. Fuck! Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow, son. But then, that is a lot, like, right? Yeah, but then did you enjoy every bite? Yeah, I did. I also had an icy raspberry drink with it as well. So that's probably that's. Pro I probably did my daily calorie count in. Yeah, but then that's that what I mean, though. But you look amazing at the moment. But you you know now that you just got to put it in and yeah. But I'm not. So, that's what I mean. I, you can't live your life. But then I also know that my life will be significantly shorter if I don't take care of myself. Hmm. Um, so Smash the Sewers has well, got Well, there you go, right Smash the Sewers. It's a really uplifting email, and we've managed to get super dark about it, as is always the way on the wall for now. <laughs> and no doubt the next thing will be something serious, and we'll make it trivial and, uh, and not understand the gravity of the situation. So there you go. <laughs> That's what you get with this podcast. Dear Wolf, Al, Swan, Cat, and your lovely broods, this is from The Wobbly Worm. Please bear with me. I don't want to be too morose or down, and I'd love to be kept anonymous. I want to start with a thank you. Your light-hearted, loving, and supportive friendship is so inspiring. It's really helped me and a lot of other people through a difficult and shitty pandemic. I'm a midwife in a busy London hospital. Big up yourself. And along with an incredible team, have had an, an extremely intense and hard few years. We've all had experiences that will stay with us forever. I'm not sure how to articulate them or how to feel about them at the moment. This is where I would love your advice. Deep down, I absolutely love my job. To be part of such a special part of a family's life is unexplainable. I love every birth I'm at. And after almost 10 years in the job, I still find them all amazing. Despite this, I'm burnt out. I have a pit in my stomach at the thought of going in every day. I'm not myself at home and feel constantly anxious at the thought of going back in for another incredibly intense, long and emotionally draining day. There's not enough of us, and this is impacting not only midwives, but more importantly, all of the families that we care for who deserve better. I always knew I'd work in the NHS. I feel very passionate about how lucky we are to have healthcare for free whenever we need it. And I truly do love being a midwife. It makes me very proud. But the impact it's having on my personal life is just not sustainable. I have a partner who is so supportive, I can't even explain. He ran me baths, cooked all my meals, brought happiness into our home, and sat and listened to me during lockdown when I didn't think I could go on. But that's not what I want in the long run for either of us. Coming to the end of a sabbatical that we've both wanted to do for, for years. I'm so much happier and feel like I'm living in less tunnel vision than ever in my adult life, but I can't travel forever. My question to you is, how much is a career worth if it's impacting your personal life? Do I sit with my career knowing it's, it isn't conducive to a positive home life, or do I stop being a midwife knowing that I won't ever have a job that brings me the same buzz and satisfaction I'll be happier at home? This may be a bit too deep to share, and I totally understand. If so, big love to you. I have no idea how lovely you both are from the wobbly worm. Uh, first of all, can I thank the swan for thinking that we've got it within us to address this yeah. email? But let's let's give it our best attempt. Um, wobbly worm, uh, as someone who's just... Uh, you had a child it, and had like proudly, you know, had like uh, questions born in like uh, in, a, in an NHS hospital. Like the, the role of the midwife within, like, like obviously the, the 
Grosbeen Bourne was a different situation with, with it being a surrogate birth. That honestly, the, the the role that the midwife plays is just so so incredible. Like just that that person, like, and then the, her understanding of the situation we were in, and every like, I can't even like makes me emotional thinking about how incredible and the big part that she played in all of that. It was amazing, and and like it never for a minute felt like <clears throat> any like you know we were being judged or we you know because it, it's such a weird scenario. But w- weirdly, actually talking about the NHS this week we've had um I wasn't really gonna talk about this but anyway like Catherine got quite ill last week and like uh so she like she collapsed twice and um oh my god we, we had to like call like a doctor and we got we got the um like so basically the doctor came to our apartment and then then the ambulance came and then she was taken to hospital but along with like and the people were amazing they really really caring like they were ama- like fantastic but literally at the apartment when the doctor came before the actually could Catherine Gilbert put in the ambulance I was given a bill for like 400 euros mm. that I had to pay before she got into the ambulance and then when the ambulance dropped to the hospital the guy pulled me away me and Grace because Grace was with us pulled me and Grace away to give me a bill for 200 euros for her to get in the ambulance and then when we get to the hospital we had to pay 500 euros before someone could even see her and then when she was leaving, she had to pay, I think, another 600 euros before she could even leave, like the next morning, right? You're talking nearly 2,000 euros. Yeah, and we've got holiday insurance and whatever, and, and we're in a lucky position where we had the money to pay that. But yeah, what really just hit home to me is I've grown up in, you know, my, both my mum and my sister, a lot of my family, you know, my answer yeah i've got an uncle all work for the nhs then i'm so so proud that they've, they've done that but it it realized you made you realize just how incredible it is and also like it's never lost on me in the fact that for you know in the cost of living crisis and the situation we're in how how important the nhs is and the worry that i have of that not being a thing for the what for the wider part of our country it genuinely sort of sickens me it, was, it scares me to death like that we could be in a situation where that that becomes a norm, yeah. Like having to sort of like literally stand there with your your year old daughter. Was you, you have no? I didn't know it was wrong. Catherine, she gets wheeled in to the hospital, and I'm standing outside, and, and someone's going, "Right, you owe this, you owe this," and then you're you're trying to be compassionate, you're trying to be worried, but the, the, all you've got is bills in front of you, and if you haven't got a means to pay those bills, then it becomes a really really serious and a really really scary situation. So shout out the NHS, and look. Knowing that the how hard you everyone there has worked, and yeah, it I can't even I can't even fathom what what all of you have had to go through. Like I think you you and it, it, it again saddens me, breaks my heart that you know what a year and a half ago we were all outside on their doorsteps clapping and and praising and saluting everyone who worked for it, and it, now it just feels forgotten, and it feels like we you know you've got us through probably the darkest days a lot of us will ever go through and that that you should have been celebrated more and that's a really sad thing and yeah so i think if the if the job you do brings you joy and, and speaking personally i think like you know every you know every you know, i've only got one chance i only come and get to contact with one but that that person will always be a massive part of my life grace's life and it all you know i'll always remember them with with such affection and you you must have done that to to hundreds of families so shout out to you and I, I don't know any other job or anything else that where you could do that every day 
and bring such happiness to people and be a part of such a happy day. So shout yourself. Um, maybe you need a break. Maybe you need a little time away. But it's easy for me to say sitting where I am because I know that probably the option of actually having a break and having a bit of time off isn't, isn't necessarily a, a thing that's just that's e- that easy. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Really. I just want to say that you're an amazing human being. Keep doing what you're doing, yeah. Uh, wobbly worm. Uh, I would echo Tom's uh, sentiments. Thank you so much uh, for what you've done, and it's an incredible job that you do. And I can't even imagine what you've been through. So, um, on behalf of the Wolf for now, thank you so much. Uh, on behalf of everybody, I'm sure everybody feels the same way. Thank you so much for everything you do. Uh, with that said, it's quite a difficult. It's difficult to to know what the right thing is to say here. Um, you're doing an amazing job and it would be great for you to carry on doing that. But at the same time, you know, I guess you've got to think about your personal cost to you. And if you're going to be able to do that in the long term, it sounds like you're not. Um, and I know that the situation of working for the NHS is a stressful one and it's a difficult position to be in. And it sounds like you've had a really tough time. It sounds like you've got a really great partner though. Um, so look, your question is, how much is a career worth if it's impacting your personal life? I, I, it's a very personal question, that, and I, I think only you really know the answer to that. Do you think, look, is there a way in which you can carry on doing being a midwife and maybe withdrawing from it a bit or doing it less? I don't know financially if that would even work or even if that's a possibility. Assuming that's not the case, then... The truth is, you've got to make a you've got to make a personal decision on that, and that is what you've got to balance is. And I'm speaking as a complete ignorant here, obviously, as I do on every issue. But like whether that is, if you carry on doing uh, what you're doing, are you going to be able to have a happy life at home, and is your partner going to be able to do that forever? And is it possible that now that the we're sort of at, uh, hopefully at the worst of the pandemic, that things are going to get a little bit easier, and it's something that's going to be manageable? Or do you want to do something else? It'll make your personal life a lot easier, but you are not going to be doing the thing that you're obviously so driven to do. Uh, and you're also going to find yourself with a horrible bit of FOMO where you're just thinking back to your time as a midwife and how much you miss it and how you wish you were doing something that was so sustain that, that was so like such an amazing job to be doing. That is a really personal thing and we, we can't really... I can't really give you a definitive answer on that. Neither of us can. But what I would say is the fact that you're thinking about it means that it needs a bit of thinking about. And I would sit, if I was in your position, I would sit down with my other half and I would say exactly what you've said to us, uh, to them. Um, and I would just, you know, even if it comes down to something as basic as like making a list of pros and cons and working out and sort of hypothesizing what your lives would be if you weren't a midwife anymore, what that would mean. And you might come to a decision that actually, do you know what? We're going to find a way to get through this. I really love being a midwife on a carry on. Or you might go, look, it's time to, it's time to do something else. And that would obviously be a real shame for the NHS. It'd be a real shame uh, in general. But I just think you've got to assess whether the personal cost is too great, you know. And I feel loath to say that because I don't want to encourage people to leave such an amazing job. But at the same time, you're a person as well. So look, it definitely needs some reflection and for you to think about it. Um, and I wish you the very best of luck in that decision. It's not an easy one. Uh, but but once again, 
thank you so much for the brilliant work you do. It's a, an incredible thing you do. Um, and I hope you don't take that for granted, how special and amazing it is that you, everything you do. So thank you so much for your email. Take care. Uh, good luck. Uh, okay, should we do... Let's do one more, Maggie. Well, let's do one more. Okay. Hello, this is from oh, Callum the Koala. Boom, cow, man. There's a photo with this. Right. There's a photo with this. I'll try and describe the photo to you. Uh, hello, massive fan of the podcast. I was hoping you could both help me out with the situation I have. I work with somebody who, although has a heart of gold, lacks zero thought for anybody else. He walks around with his ass out all day. That's the photo I've got here. It's a guy with his sort of, his topless with his trousers. I would say just he's rough topless estimate. at work. Yeah, he's in like some sort of workshop. He's topless and he's showing, I would say, rough estimate, four inches of ass crack. Um, he refuses to wear underwear or a belt as he says they're uncomfortable. Me and the rest of my colleagues have to deal with the sight of his ass. It looks like a piece of chewed up chewing gum. Also, with the seating arrangement in the canteen, we sit next to each other. Every time we have breakfast, he turns to talk to me. It's like a game of dodgeball with me and the food flying out of his mouth. <laughs> the, <laughs> the lack of teeth he has. I feel I should really say something to him, but I don't want to come across in a way that may hurt his feelings as I doubt what he does this on purpose. Please help and give some guidance on what to do. Thanks for your help, Callum the Koala. Well, um, it's hard, this one, isn't it? Very hard. Because I, I sometimes, you know when you worry that you could, I could be the, this guy sounds a little bit like me that he's got a problem <laughs> with. <laughs> like, number one, I don't understand why he's topless at work. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, the photo looks like, it, it looks like they work somewhere you d definitely shouldn't be topless. Yeah, so, and, and so if he's topless with his bum hanging out, I don't know. My worry is that is Callum and the other guys egging him on to do this thing. Like, you know, um, if, you gen if you're genuinely concerned about it for him, for his own, like, embarrassment, his own, you know, you're worried that sort of people are digging at him behind his back and being mean about him, then, yeah, by all means, I think, uh, pull him up, you know, say to him, you know, have a, have a candid conversation where you sort of mention the fact that, you know, you know, maybe he should invest in some pants and a belt and is uncomfortable, or maybe a pair of tracksuit bottoms with a drawstring, because, you know, it's probably just a little bit, you know, maybe having someone who actually sort of is a bit more superior, sort of just having a gentle word with him about that not being the right attire for work. Uh, I think when it comes to him sort of spitting all over you um, at lunch when he's out of the conversation, I think uh, it's just a difficult one, because there's a part of me that thinks... You know, is this guy just a bit of a figure of ridicule that you're all sort of joking about? I don't know. And uh, you have to be careful that it's not that. Um, and if, yeah, like I say, if it's come from a compassionate place and you actually genuinely are worried about him, Callum, then I think, yeah, you put an arm around him and you have a little just bit of a chat about it and, and sort of you say about it. If he's too stuck in his ways, that's just the way he's going to be. And, and, and if it really affects you, you're having a conversation where you get so excited and he spits all over you, maybe sit a little bit further away from him but um yeah I, I, I sometimes worry that yeah it feels a bit like it's not necessarily about him and how he feels it might be a little bit about yourself and if it's more about you and how you feel about him then you know be polite be decent um but probably uh yeah just distance yourself a little bit or not to think too much about it um, I sort of, uh, I can feel Tom struggle with this email and I'm having the same struggle is that I don't know whether this guy is somebody that you feel sorry for and want to help out, or if some if somebody that you find it's funny that how he is. Do you know what I mean? Which is, 
Look, I don't know the situation, but the way you've written the email is you've kind of made it quite humorous. And I don't know if you've done that because you're writing into the podcast and I mean, arguably it's not been that funny today, but it's, it's a comedy podcast. So, um, you've, 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 you've tried to be lighthearted with it, but I, my, I have the same concerns as Tom. I'm slightly worried about this guy because I just feel like he might be a, fi a figure of fun for like, everybody else at work. So look, this is what I think you should do. Assuming the very best in you and that you do want to help this guy out, I think you need to have a chat with him. And I think you need to explain to him that him walking around with his top off, him walking around with his ass hanging out and him sort of spitting as he talks. Obviously, you don't say it as bluntly as that, but I think you, if you care about this guy, you need to have a, like a, a genuine chat with him. And it's not going to be an easy chat, but you just say to him, look, this is a situation, man. How can we help resolve this? And like Tom said, you know, you can get, there must be solutions. Do you know what I mean? I, I think just help him out. I think just help him out. And I don't think you do it in a way that you publicize it. I think you do it in a way that you take him to one side and you have a quiet chat with him and you sort of help him turn things, not turn things around, but you help him sort of sort himself out a little bit. And if he's not receptive to that, then let him live his life. Do you know what I mean? And, and you kind of stay away from him if you find it distasteful. But, um, I think, you know, what I'd hate is to know that there's a guy wandering around who's like, everybody's ripping the shit out of behind his back. So that's a horrible thing. Do you know what I mean? And he's got no idea. Or he does have an idea and he doesn't know why he's not making any mates at work, despite being friendly and whatever. I, I, I think, you know, the right thing to do is to try and help him out in that because we all have our little foibles. And if I had, if I had an issue, you know, I've had to have people, one of the things that I have is that I look like I don't want to be anywhere. And it makes people feel like I don't want to be hanging out with them. And like, I've had people have a word for me about it. And um, listen, have I corrected my behavior? Probably, arguably not, but at least I know, do you know what I mean? So I think that with regards to to this guy, I think the decent thing to do would be to take him aside and have a, and have a, a word with him and, and, and hopefully sort of help him fit in work into work a little bit more. Because it feels like just the gist, you've not been horrible in your email, but the gist of it, you know, me and my colleagues have to deal with the sight of his ass that looks like a piece of chewed up chewing gum. It's like a game of dodgeball with me and the food flying out of his mouth. All of that suggests that he's a bit of a figure of fun. And um, that's not a nice place to be. So, you know, I, I would advise you or urge you to do the decent thing and help him out. So there you go. Yeah. That's my take. Tom. Yeah. A very subdued 7am version of the podcast there we feel like still we've think... been deeper than sometimes we would have yeah yeah we've we've ventured into talking about some things that we've got no business talking to with the level of information and intelligence that we've got but we did it so uh tom could you do us a favor yeah and take us out of this piece yeah clive and julia were walking through some beautiful national trust gardens as they walked past some really, really nice pink flowers, um, Julia said, oh, these are really pretty. And she went to grab one and pull it away. And Clive said, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? And she said, oh, I really like this flower. I'm just going to pick it up. I just want to take it home so I can put it in some water and look at it. And Clive says, yo, if you really want to admire its beauty, if you really want to savour it, leave it be and just pour some water on it and let it grow where it is. The thing about life is sometimes you can just bowl through it, always looking just to grab the thing you want or just pull away the thing you want. But actually, if you want to 
really, really hard with something, if you really, really want to enjoy something, you need to water it and let it grow. True love is letting something be itself and grow organically. Your people find that love. Wow. That was really nice. Really mm. nice. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. For li- thank you so much for listening to another episode. Oh, of shit, around. as well. There is some <laughs> Christmas merch that's going to drop on the oh, side. Oh, crap. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. We've got some Christmas merchandise coming out. Shit. <laughs> we got some. <laughs> on the back of what's been quite a, a bawdy yeah. if, if, any, if anything about what you've listened to today makes you feel like you want to buy some merchandise. <laughs> there's a Christmas merchandise <laughs> dropping on the website very soon so make sure you check that out it's pretty good gear actually yeah it is yeah, it's uh, the other thing I would say oh yeah sorry and then finally uh, the song to take us out I've been listening to a lot of old school kind of garage grime UK hip hop nice. and stuff and I came across a group that I hadn't listened to for ages called the Mitchell Brothers do you remember the Mitchell Brothers yes man yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so I heard a song by them that I'd forgotten how good it was it's called Routine Check about the police uh, it's got a little bit of Kano on it so uh, JT could you take us out with the Mitchell Brothers Routine Check uh, Wolf and Owlers uh, enjoy your week we'll see you next time thank you so much for listening my guys peace peace Ten to nine, Teddy tends to not have time That's when Teddy wants to decline To entertain all your piss-taking jives I tell you my name I'm identified by And when the station verifies You realise what I tell you is right Routine check, I didn't take this route to be checked Sounds like you routinely check Any using G's and crests If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.